Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing today? Uh, very well. Really, yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, and I am I'm pretty excited to have yeah. our guest back. Can I say his name? Come on, let Please. me say his name. Come on. Please. Adu. I'm glad to have him back. And what did we determine? It's been three years? About three years. That's right. Three years and he has not aged a day we need to get his uh get some of his dna <laughs> greg, it's all that running oh uh, yes which we'll talk about in just a second but uh greg is kind of letting the cat out of the bag because we do have a friend of the show repeat guests here a uh, big show here today supply chain leaders greg really everywhere are trying to make things easier for their teams their suppliers and especially for the customers so today we're going to be discussing four ways to reduce complexity in your supply chain and just saying that greg brings serenity to uh, my mind i can feel my blood pressure being lowered <laughs> that's yes. right all right it's a great show and as greg mentioned uh, our dear old friend padu raman with osa commerce is going to be joining us momentarily doing big big things out in industry just with co-founder right. that's right that's right. right. So I know you want to announce his title. I'm sorry. I'm just on. I'm just on, in spoiler mode today. Spoiler <laughs> mode. We need that from time to time. I think but so. Yeah, folks, get ready because not only do we get to hear from Padu and Greg, of course, but we get to hear from all of y'all, and we'd love for you to uh, chime in on what we're going to be talking about here today. Really important, important topic. To that end. And before we bring on our guest, just going to uh, shoot through a couple of folks. Great to have you here. So John Peterson is back from Marietta. Great to see you, John. Josh Goody. Good morning from once again, rainy Seattle. Oh. Ah, okay. The world is back on its axis. It's raining right. again in Seattle. <laughs> All is right again, Josh <laughs> says. Great to have you back, Josh. Always enjoy your contributions. Jose via LinkedIn is back with us. Great to see you. Helene, wonderful to see you back. Uh, I believe from France, if I've got that right. Uh, via LinkedIn, Abdullah via LinkedIn. Welcome, welcome. Jesus, also via LinkedIn. Great to see you. All right, folks. Well, as I mentioned, you're in for a wonderful show here today. So with that said, Greg, let's move right in to introducing our guest here today, Padu Raman, co-founder and chief product officer at OSA Commerce. Hey, hey, Padu, how you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. Very nice to be here again. We I guess are. we don't have to ask you what you've been up to for the last three years. <laughs> really? I mean, you look like it, it hasn't, you haven't aged a day. And, and being in the startup space, we know how tough that can be. Right. So kudos to all of your good, healthy habits. Um, I want to ask you, uh, Greg and I, inquiring minds want to know. So the Peachtree Road Race, Padu, you're a fellow at uh, live in the Atlanta area as well. The Peachtree Road Race held on July 4th each year in Atlanta for over 50 years now, man, over 50 years. It is the world's largest 10 K road race, which we had no idea. I, I didn't at least. So with that as a backdrop, cause it, the last one just was a, a few, a few weeks ago, you were registered to run the Petrie road race in 2024, as well as a couple other marathons. So tell us, tell us why do you run or jog and, and why do you do the marathon uh, circuit? Padu? It's a it's a good one. I mean, so finally I started uh, three years of four years ago more from keeping the health right health as a priority and uh, focusing on that. And as part of that, also started uh, while walking and uh, slowly started running as well. So that yeah. engaged. It focused on two primary factors, right? One is the physical ability; it automatically helps to improve that. And uh, thanks to shows like Supply Chain Now, which is very educative very provides a very excitement and engaging mm. so i also developed my intellectual ability as well so now i make it two things at the same time okay not only run also learn about supply chain from the best 
people you bring guests here and then create like a more uh, uh, a passion about it right and that's the aspect of it and we won't believe as i was doing a lot of things i just somebody introduced me to the strava app i start, started using that and it, it it resonated similar to supply chain where it enabled to collaborate with other uh, runners in that area they were able to guide me provide good communication in terms of encouraging motivation and as part of that they encouraged me why don't you go and run these uh, races i've never I, i always used to run from my yeah. own as a physical and intellectual ability right. and then it uh, just they motivated me to start looking at these competitive races as well so i registered one for a 10 miler uh, in october right and as half a marathon in november of uh, by uh, the investing firm qqq you know in invesco and there's a public marathon in 2024 in february so just to build up to that and with that uh, co- collaborative aspect i was able to get guidance from people who have run close to 50 marathons and novice like me just starting the first marathon so yeah. interesting well you man you took it like a fish to water so greg uh you got to be careful when when Padu runs he's getting stronger and smarter so watch out competition is that right greg uh yeah especially the smarter part i mean not that he wasn't already smarter than <laughs> right. i am but um now he's really literally outrunning me mm. <laughs> oh man uh, well i can't wait to get into it. Padu as as passionate as clearly you are about running and marathons and stuff you you bring the same level of passion can do passion and innovation to the world of supply chain. We're going to get into that in just a minute. And by the way, from Crawford, Rotnesh, Jay, welcome in Jay. Hello from Boston, she says, first time attending. Welcome everybody. And, and we look forward to y'all being part of the conversation. Greg, you were going to add something before I segued. Yeah, well, two things. One, uh Crawford let us know if you won trivia last night. Ah. Uh-huh. Um he was doing really good when we left. And um <laughs> and the other is we need one of those little sounds effects that says hi padu you know we're like in every show right he's running and then yeah. everyone could tell us what you know that runs or does their exercises during this show and then we could just have oh man that would be really disruptive though wasn't it <laughs> yeah uh, hey i have a hard yeah. enough time protecting my my attention span so we'll, right. we'll, we'll look at that right. uh, we'll get skunk works well, team since on he's that the first we could really just make it a high to everyone. That's right. right. <laughs> hey, but Padu, one quick aside. So Greg mentioned Crawford. This is Crawford Stop Rockets McCarty. And Crawford earned that nickname the tough way a couple of years ago. So Crawford, hope this finds you well and let us know who won that trivia contest. Okay. So Padu, we got a lot to get into. And and um you know, we want I want to start with some really good news uh, beyond the the running and the marathoning and and staying strong and smart and getting stronger and smarter. You recently attended the Lead Innovation Summit where Osa Commerce, get this, was named one of the leading 100 innovators of 2023. Now, Greg and I warned y'all, uh, Padu isn't messing around when it comes to driving good change in the industry. So Padu, tell us about some, as you were there networking with you know global business leaders, what were some of your key takeaways from this year's event? Yeah. Uh, it, it- there have been multiple shows uh, I attended conference that I attended this uh, year starting from manifest um, then promat and uh, writer supply chain and now to the lead every thing as a, a team manifest was more focused on transportation um, the promat was automation and uh, uh, robotics as a key uh, the writers was more planning and the lead was more focused on the retail uh, downstream i think yeah. the, the broader uh, focus has been as uh, one retail commerce continues to hold very big significance right so uh, the retail is not going away there are a lot of innovations in that area the second aspect i really thought was the dtc brands are reaching an inflection point uh, even that is a case when even the amazon aggregators as well there is some things that needs to be focused on and a lot of actually we saw value driven and marketing which is more in terms of engagement right the social mm-hmm. commerce is really really picking up a lot of uh, topics and discussions about it 
And also, the, the not the least, there are many things, but these are the four takeaways that I could take from there, is the democratization of the luxury brands, right? How that luxury brands is being adopted by the more from a brand, broader teeny uh, perspective audiences as well. And how is that actually coming to the market as a re-commerce as well? What it was not seen before, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is changing. So even if you think from a retail perspective, you had the the past three decades focused on experience. Then it, at Amazon, it became convenience as a factor. Now mm. engagement, social commerce is big. And then future with all the sustainability, with re-commerce coming in picture, that is coming into a big highlight. Mm. All right. So, you, uh, Potter, you, you jump right out of the gate. Uh, that's a truckload of things to work our way through. Greg, out of all of that, those key takeaways that Padu shared, what's one thing that you'd like to pick out and make sure folks are keeping it front and center? Yeah, well, I think... Uh, we have to acknowledge that traditional bricks and mortar is what we used to call it. Pre-COVID retail has come crashing back through the door and people Mm. are actually going into stores now. And I think one of the realizations that was, that has occurred with a lot of companies is that the sort of false wall that they put up between um, e-commerce and traditional commerce, for lack of a better term for it, is a very big hindrance for them. It creates a lack of visibility. They lose a lot of economies of scale. Um, and, and it creates, in some cases, an entirely separate organization for what effectively is just another channel of retail. And I mm. think, you know, what Padu is trying to do here, you know, with Osa Commerce, I believe, is it's helped to bring those aspects of the business back together, not just within your four walls, but outside your four walls. And more companies need to really be focusing on how to remove unnecessary hindrances, borders, whatever you want to call them from, you know, from their, from their business. Mm. Well said, Greg. And we're going to dive into a lot more of that with Padu and folks in the cheap seats. Uh, in the skyboxes, as it were. Hey, let us know, what are your thoughts on the ever-changing landscape when it comes to the retail experience as a consumer, which we all are, or how supply chains, what they got to do to keep up with those ever-evolving expectations? Okay, so moving right along, Padu, uh, as we have learned, in some cases the hard way, visibility is absolutely critical, and I would say it's fast becoming table stakes in global supply chain. But tell us about collaborative visibility, what that means and how it's relevant to supply chains, retailers, 3PLs alike. So if, in fact, I'll quote Greg's, uh, you know, comments in the past. Uh, oh, he's going to love that Padu. <laughs> Greg always says visibility is not just one uh, alone will take you, uh, uh, anywhere in the future, right? Yep. It has to be followed by a very strong, um, insights based on the data, right? and actions around it, right? So it has to be a collaboration of not only providing the data in the way we can be consumed, but correspondingly analyzing the data, synthesizing the data in a more actionable way, right? It's That's the key aspect. That's where the collaborative visibility comes into picture. Now, the, that extended to a, a certain extent where you're not only enabled to connecting all the ecosystems together, Today, the world has changed of supply chain, not within an enterprise, but across an enterprise, right? So when you have an across enterprise, you have to have visibility in every aspect for the enterprise to perform well, analyzing a data, breaking the data silos, and then driving actions in Mm -hmm. a more centralized view and a decentralized execution. And that is the key for future. Padu, that is a beautiful thing. And man, mm-hmm. you just you just lit up my Greg White bingo card with a lot of what you shared there. Because Padu, I, I, I'm a double down. When Greg mentioned this, um, I think he called it visibility and answers or visibility and solutions, I think was the actual quote uh, a month or so ago. I loved it. It made so much sense to me. And we touted it out there in the marketplace. And Greg, we got some blowback from some what I'll call traditionalists out in the industry that kind of want to keep celebrating, you know, the gains we've made, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough. And that's, and, and thankfully Padu and, and other real disruptors are continuing to push, uh, push new heights that we can take the industry and new ways we can serve consumers. But that's enough for me, Greg, weigh in on what we just heard there. From yeah. Padu. Well, I mean, I, you know, the, I think the specific quote was we've been whining about visibility for the last 30 years, <laughs> was it time. 20 or 30 years, something like that. 
And now it's not enough because what we said was visibility is not enough. It takes actionable, right? It takes actionable recommendations. And that was an eye-opening experience for me because I was like, really? People have been whining about visibility for 30 years because in some form or fashion, not not as as robust as what, Padu, you're, pro- you're proposing, that visibility has been out there. The ability to do it has been out there and companies have just simply refused to capitalize on it. Mm. I think in some cases, because a lot of these old school practitioners, they want to hide what they're doing and they want to uh, create silos between them and their vendors. They see this as an adversarial and uh, sort of covert operation, right? Rather than an overt and open relationship with where everyone is interdependent on everyone else. And it is f- strongly to your benefit to share data. Retailers, as Padu knows, retailers have known this for decades because they are on the front line with consumers and consumers demand a lot. And because consumers demand a lot and they're literally, and and until COVID, we're physically right in front of these consumers, they hear it big time. Believe me, I'm a retailer. I know I've (laughs) been read out by a consumer before. How could you not have a starter for a 72 Chevy? It's the most popular engine on the planet. Excellent. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, or it was something like that. Uh, it, but but I think we have to recognize that th- that transparency is is demanded not by your trading partners. It's demanded by the consumer, and therefore you all must comply. Yes. Because today the consumer is in control. And mm. the, the social commerce plays a big aspect, right? If you want to engage with your consumer, you need to provide the right data, the right information. And in fact, hyper-personalization, right? Now people are actually looking at TikTok videos or in fact, Google has actually shut down their marketplace and started focusing on your video, YouTube purchase, shopping purchase, right? There you need to have the real-time integration and, and, and interaction so your manufacturer or brand is able to look at the information real-time and cater to that hyper-personalization needs of the end consumer, right? And that's where the visibility and connectivity and actions come into picture. Yes. The rubber hits the road. All right. So we, um, before we switch gears and we're about to get into the four ways to reduce complexity in in your supply chain already, Padu and Greg, this is already one of my favorite recent conversations. Uh, I love what we're talking about here. Uh, and, and, you know, retail is one of the most intriguing aspects of global business right now, but Hey, we have the smartest audience, global audience in the world. Let me, uh, we asked and they delivered. So let me share a couple of quick comments. Memory talks about how we get a lot more value by integrating our delivery channels. Well said. Jose says visibility and collaboration are integral to the success of modern supply chains. Embracing technologies and practices that improve visibility and encourage collaboration among supply chain partners across the ecosystem empowers businesses to stay agile, uh, responsive, and customer-centric. I always want to say agile in a really long Southern way, agile. Uh, <laughs> I like agile and I also like integral because uh, that's like the emphatic way of saying it. That okay. was a great, that was, <laughs> seriously, that was a great way of saying that. Oh, it, uh, Jonathan, collaboration is key. Data silos at potty reference between trading partners are causing friction, disputes, and lost income for retailers and distributors. Yep. And finally, Kaya talks about uh, the the malls that are dying in many cases and how uh, some, some, um, Commerce platforms are using them for warehouses. Great comments. I like I like all the comments because that's the that's the reality today, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it really is. And folks, I know we can't get everyone's comment here today. We're going to make sure though. Padu and his team sees them all. Who knows? Might be lead to a a post uh, live stream cup of coffee and uh, to share thoughts. But you better be jogging and running to catch up with Padu. Yeah, I was going to say it might. Yeah. <laughs> Get your get your wind about you because you may have to have this discussion while running. That's right. right. That is right. All right, but keep keep the comments coming. All right, so Padu, want to get into the, the central theme. I love checklists, and I love um, reducing complexity, not just in global supply chain, but in businesses everywhere. Our, our teams we got a lot of pressure on them, and and so it's incumbent upon us leaders to find ways of making things easier. So when we talk about the four ways or four other ways to reduce complexity in supply chains, where are we starting, Padu? What's number one? The, the number one is basically establishing connection, right? Mm. Connection across the ecosystems. I'll give an example, right? Today, 
the market is so big and uh, i'll take an example of one of our customers they have a lot of artisans as their customers right and majority of these artisans are coming from india asia and they are also extending to africa as well and these artisans in traditional world they used to actually sell this product to a consolidator or retailer at a low cost and everything but now there are new avenues that is coming up where they want to connect directly to these specialized marketplaces like demand channels somebody said demand channels like etsy mm. or uh, uh, wayfair there are many other marketplaces where mm-hmm. they can actually sell their product so now there are new business model emerging where you have a consolidator who are connecting these artisans to the real uh, network before challenge was there how do you connect it today if you go to india in a remote village people are using smartphones mm. their payment is done through smartphones in fact in couple of episodes we talked about excel and excel being still used and relevant now you think about these artisans who may not be that uh, educated and everybody but they all have access to smartphones in their local language right very simple they able to take the picture of the product enable the product to go through the streamline connecting to the one of the marketplaces and selling it now the challenge comes is how do i fulfill logistically how do i consolidate and from india get the product delivered come into a, a household in a new york and somebody is ordering that specific artisan products from either from india or from africa or any other place right so connection is a key thing where you are connecting across ecosystems and with the advance advancement of technology that connectivity is becoming more simple easier and achievable across mm. multi layers love that padu uh, greg your thoughts on the first one first of four ways connect uh, connecting folks connecting uh, nodes i'd call it yeah well i mean you, you know that's i mean that's the essence of of visibility isn't it i mean you have to know what your supply chain looks like who your partners are who your customers are right all of that so um it's got to be the core of what you do. It's also very, very difficult to do. I know lots of companies have been trying to do this. Some of the largest in the world right. have been trying to do this. And it's utterly impossible because I think what a lot of, um, uh, certainly a lot of consumers don't think about, obviously politicians and administrators don't think about because of the onerous burden they've put on companies now with the scope three emission standards and things like that, is that there are upwards of, five, seven, or nine tiers of suppliers, companies that, for instance, a Walmart may be doing business with that they don't even know exists Mm. because they're a vendor of 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 a vendor, right? To, to Walmart. So they don't know exist. And that is, that's part of the trouble for, for these companies is they don't know who's in their network. So that connection is absolutely mission critical. Well said. Well said. Um, all right. So that's the first of four. We got three more, three more uh, truckloads of of actual insights to come from Padu. So Padu, what is number two on our list? Communication. Right. Once you are established, as Greg said, when you are communicating across and then looping them, right? Because ultimately, today with advancement, you are connecting the end demand to the supply, and the supply could be ordered before in a bulk or going through multi levels of. Uh, consolidation but how do you communicate right the communication has to be very clearly established now i can see the demand and supply and you can plan well now find the best logistic way of delivering it i'll give you another use case using brand aggregators as an example right you saw a big growth of brand aggregators in the past three years right and actually now they are tapering down and again consolidating and happening in that area as well but brand aggregators by nature you, they are consolidating a lot of brands either selling in Amazon, Walmart, or Target, or any other marketplaces. The reason they are uh, consolidating is basically to optimize on the inventory or uh, efficiency of delivery and everything. Now, by nature, they have multiple demand channels, multiple brand selling, multiple fulfillment sources they may have inherited. They want to co- uh, operate it in the same model till they're able to consolidate and reach an efficiency. So communication, whether across the fulfillment players, the transportation providers, or the suppliers, or the manufacturers, all this complex communication can happen as they are scaling the business, right? So yes. you connect, then you establish communication. Yes, and and, and Greg, I'm get your thought here, but one of the things that comes to my mind as Padu was kind of sharing that example was all the different ways... As we grow, we're adding tons more complexity 
to our businesses, our supply chains, you name it. And so naturally we got to find ways as we go. It's like a roller coaster of change, right? Adding more complexity. And then we got to strip it out so we can grow more and add a little more complexity again. Greg, your thoughts with uh, on this second one of communicate. Yeah. Well, particularly in manufacturing or brand uh, management, um, um, acquisition has become the primary means of growth. Um, and you know, when, when that occurs, you have two teams of two complete teams, you have two sets of technology, you have two, two sets of production, transportation, just imagine everything that goes into a business has now been duplicated. Right. Right. So there's a ton of opportunity, right. By, um, you know, by, by connecting, of course, but, right. but because of this, the communication is very difficult and you have to, you have to figure out where you're going to apply those economies of scale, which takes communication, hopefully upfront as you plan for these acquisitions right. and then to the acquired companies and then among the acquired companies to create a, a singular whole at some point. Right. So, uh, it becomes a very critical operation and it's harder than it looks. I mean, mm. I think that's, that's the difficulty is these words are important, but they are so complex, which is why there are problems for Padu to solve, right? Yes. Like, this means of, of growth acquisition creates incredible inefficiencies with at least temporary inefficiencies within a company on the path to getting to incredible efficiencies. Mm. And just adding to Greg's one thought is also the complexity in the communication, uh, not only for the mechanism, but also the timing, right? Everybody wants it to be real time so they can make proactive decisions rather than reactive decisions, right? Yes. As Greg said before, all these retails processes establishment has been for 30 plus years and everything has been innovating it continuously. Amazon did a lot of things as well. And many people are trying it, but still the problem exists in terms of having real-time access to the information, breaking the data silos, communicating effectively, whether um, still email is the best communication tool everybody's using, but that's okay. But how do you ob uh, absorb that and then still make that communication easier and productive? Well said, Padu. Okay, then, let me, before yeah. we move on to number three, I want to add just a couple quick comments here. We've got a bunch of them. Uh, and Potter, you and your team will enjoy going back and looking at these. Uh, Memory says, developing those relationships to harness other people's power, uh, power sources and resources to advance supply chain overall performance for the whole ecosystem. Well said, Memory. Uh, Crawford is enjoying what you're sharing, Padu. He says, everyone struggles with connecting data. Doing it poorly can result in your data lake becoming a data swamp. Yeah. Love the insights, Padu. And which is great for gator fishing, but not for data retrieval. <laughs> that is right. Uh, and one one more point. We got so many, but one more point here. I want to add a little news uh, item. Padu uh, represents to me lots of constructive dissatisfaction, and that is a brand mantra of UPS, of course. And John Peterson reports, speaking of communicating, tentative deal struck between UPS and Teamsters. So we'll dive into that really, really soon. But you know I what's the most important thing about that that announcement? Thank you, yes. John, for that. The most important thing about that announcement, Scott, is we were right. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, Yesterday man. on a show, we predicted that the Teamsters would back down and um, yay. Yes, right. I can't wait. I, to mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Scott. The most important thing is that it saved commerce and jobs. Oh. Not that we were right. That's right. No, That's it's right. Second, it's second to what people like. Okay. All right. So, Padu, uh, and thanks. Y'all keep keep the good stuff coming. Um, all right. So, we've we're halfway through our list of four ways to reduce complexity in your supply chain. Lots have been there, done that. Expertise from Padu. Uh, so, we've talked about number one was connect. Number two was communicate. What is the third, Padu? The topic we've been talking: collaborate. Right. Continuously collaborate across the ecosystem. Uh, we have multi-tiers, right? As uh, Greg said, there's a vendor and vendor and vendor and vendor. Now, the, with the establishment of technology, we're able to connect your end customer to your end supplier, right? The end level of loop level of connectivity. Everybody looking at the same data because what happens in collaboration is it helps you in three things, right? One, it, it increases the operational efficiency, right? Ultimately, you want to continuously improvise. Supply chain over a period of time is continuously working on improving that, right? Next, you want to look at productivity. How do I increase my productivity? There's a challenge of the labor, right? 
just a, a quote from whether what happens with the UPS and Teamsters plan uh, challenge there, right? If you don't right. have it, how do you get labor? And labor has been a big problem and before COVID and post COVID as well. We have right. not reached that normalcy state, right? Yeah. Uh, having run a fulfillment center, I can tell you the challenges that you face with labor and everything, right? So you have to have continuously looking at productivity improvements and also efficiency, right? Efficiency becomes, and the, not only within an enterprise, but across an enterprise, right? Because that is the key. Even the best of the companies have optimized over a couple of decades within an enterprise. But across the enterprise, upstream, downstream, connectivity, establishing collaboration. So you have establish a connection, establish a communication, and then continuously collaborate for better efficiency. Mm. All right, Paddy, I love that. Uh, this is a great list so far. Greg, weigh in on what you heard there with uh, the third one on the list of collaborate. So this has been a long time initiative for retail. In fact, I come from the days a decade or so ago where this whole notion of, of CPFR, collaborative planning, forecasting, replenishment was one means of, of collaboration between companies where yeah. each would share their capacities along, along with their demand, with their partner's demand and, and, and kind of create this almost purchase orderless uh, flow of goods because of that, but you have to share a lot of data. So, so I, I want to be clear that these are not new problems. Yes. What Padu is introducing is a new perspective on these problems. And we now have so much more robust data and so much more capable technology, right? And technology that can learn in the same way that humans do, except at hyperspeed and also never forgets. So that's AI, in case anybody's wondering. We had to say it because we're on a supply chain show. Um, and it's not chat GPT, right? right? It's more than a party trick. This is real, real learning technology that can infer and learn new things, not just regurgitate other things. So um, I think that's that capability is what makes this problem newly solvable and more effectively solvable because so there have been so many fits and starts in supply chain, as we all know, as practitioners in, in attacking these problems. And so that's what I wanted to make sure we get that out there, that the availability of robust data and the availability of highly capable technology and adaptable technology, agile technology, Scott, let's call it that <laughs> agile technology now gives us a new means and a new capability to to solve these problems. Well said. Love the context. Very important. And as we're saying agile in a distinctly Southern way, genuine is another word. If you say it that way, <laughs> it sounds like you're I, where I'm from. I love living in the South, man. <laughs> you guys have your own language down here. We do. We do. All right. So, Pada, you're walking us through, as Greg mentioned, a very important point, not old problems, but new and exciting ways of addressing old problems and some of the newer ones. So we've talked about connect, communicate, and collaborate. Who would have thought that Vanilla Ice back in the early 90s was just trying to find new ways of removing <laughs> complexity from supply chains? Okay, so Padu, what is what is number four on our list? The four is actually a little different, right? The, all the three that has been traditionally been there, and we are trying to using technology to solve in a much better way. It's the technology also, as Greg mentioned, is an AI factor coming in. It's a coexistence. The coexistence with multiple different systems, right? We are because what traditionally we had, we had automation and, and where human was driving it, we had a, some level of automation, machine, man, machine. With AI, that has actually exponentially grown in a different level of man-mission integration, right? So you are now may have a system and human actually operating a system talking to other side and AI and an actual intelligence talking to an artificial intelligence system, right? How do those actually coexist and talk and make an effective decisions? And that is actually becoming more complex because one, most of the players are in a different level of technology maturity. Some are still operating Excel. Some are using the advanced phone, smartphones, which can read a pro uh, scan a product automatically. It can uh, derive the product descriptions and connect to the channels and enable to sell. And some are uh, you know, in between, right? We have ERP systems, we have WMS in different level of maturity. And how this is connecting to the automation and robotics as well, right? And how we coexist 
with four key factors under that, right? One is, in fact, Professor Yossi Sheffi actually talks about in his book, the recent book, and I think he also was on his show as well, Yeah, uh, where uh, he talks about four key things which is important from a coexistence standpoint. One is interoperability. Interoperability across all systems, not only the traditional systems, but also AI and the other systems as well, right? Yep. Now, authority of balance. Who actually will own the authority and make the decision? Is the AI overriding humans or humans overriding AI? Which one takes the precedence, right? Transparency is always there because once you connect, communicate, and collaborate, you have the transparency of data. It's just a matter of what is accuracy of data to make those decisions and establishing a mutual learning, right? So that coexistence is very important. I'll give you one simple use case, right, which yep. I have seen in practically as well. So we have multiple marketplaces. The brands want to be in every marketplace the customer are shopping. Say I have an order in Walmart, I order in Amazon. But most of the time, brands are actually outsourcing to one single fulfillment center, either their own fulfillment center or to a 3PL. Say the 3PL is implementing an automation system or robotic system. It could be a, there's a concept called goods to person, uh, which basically a, the, the goods comes to the person where the person picks it, right? If that if the, the integration of understanding that the customer has placed the order from two different marketplaces, it's efficient to store the product in one robotic system and it brings in and picking that, that level of complex exchange of information has to be streamlined, right? And that is where the man, machine, complexity comes into picture, how multiple systems coexist and how we can derive efficiency out of it. Okay. All right. So, Greg, weigh in. You, you potted shared a lot on the delivery, on the truckload delivery of the fourth one here of Coexist. But pick something uh, there that, that folks got to keep front and center. Well, it's the interoperability. I mean, it. you know, you're leading to that point with every one of the pre prior steps, right? But the ability to share that data and action it is critical and oh so difficult because... Um, the 3PL uses a different, may use a different ERP or operational or WMS or other systems than, than the, um, than the retailer does or right. than, or than the manufacturer does. And so creating that connection, right, uh, interoperability between these, these companies is greater than just connecting them. It's reconciling those differences and turning them into something greater than just data sharing into an action that can be derived from reconciling those technology differences and data differences and probably business process differences into something that benefits both parties, right? Yes. By streamlining that, that process. So, yep. um, you know, that, that to me, that interoperability, interoperability, Interoperability. Interoperability. <laughs> I didn't say it right then either, but I said it faster, so it sounded better. Anyway, um, you know, that interoperability, whew, that's the last time I'm trying it, okay? Okay, all right. Uh, it's, it's crucial. It's just like the communication between human beings or enterprises. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's the partnering aspect of that, of the enterprises, their technologies, their data, right? Their operational organizations or business processes. Yes. Not just coexisting, Padu. I would suggest co-thriving. I will steal this one. I will, I will Please. In my yours. future investor meetings, I'll use that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good, good, good. Wait, we've got a ton. Uh, we still, we're only halfway through the show. We've got a ton of great comments here. I want to share a couple here. So Gerardo, great to have you here with us today, says, I was agreeing with an uh, earlier point Greg, med, Greg made. He says, remember those days centuries ago when having access to Walmart retail link was a gold mine of data to run CPFR. Right. right. Reminiscing the good old days. Jose says the benefits of combining visibility and collaboration are endless and set you one step ahead. Love that. It's very poetic. Oh, look at that, Jose. Right <laughs> into the marketing mantra. Right. Bonita. Jose is our great partner. <laughs> Benita says, collaborate and listen. Vanilla Ice reference cracks me up. Scott, hey, we try. We try to keep everybody on the toes. Um, okay, and I got to add this one. Ryan says, it is a tough word, and he doesn't envy us trying to have to say Thanks, interoperability. Ryan. I appreciate the support, man. <laughs> all right. And so, Potter, you got some great questions there in the chat. We'll let you and your team get back uh, to all of our wonderful uh, Cheap Seats members on some of those questions. I want to um, 
Oh, one other mark. Uh, and to Amanda and Catherine, as always, thank you for uh, driving production behind the scenes. Uh, Padu mentioned Dr. Yossi Sheffi, and we had a great conversation, Greg and yeah. I did, with Yossi. If you could drop that link to that chat we published probably a week or two ago, that would be wonderful. Um, okay, so Padu, we've got our four things. Connect, communicate, collaborate, coexisting, co-thriving, whatever you'd like to go with there. I love the context and the examples behind all those things. Uh, so folks, let us know your favorite part of those. But I want to move forward before we make sure folks know what OSA Commerce does and, and some other resources. Padu, when it comes to investing in new technologies, right? We've been in, the, in that do loop for a long time. Give our audience a few tips as to how to make sure it saves the business money, amongst other things. It's a good question. Uh, so the one primary aspect is with the current supply chain, you have to move to a technology which supports a more of an ecosystem model, right? Because ultimately one system cannot solve everything in the supply chain. It has to be, again, focusing on these four mm -hmm. principles that is there. You are actually going into an ecosystem model, which enables you, whether you want an inward visibility, whether you are uh, trying to um, uh, focus on a post-customer engagement. Because one of the things you have to remember, today's world, when you're going to different marketplaces, when the customer walks out from Amazon or Walmart or shops, you always say, I shop in Amazon or Walmart. The brand is actually losing that value, right? So you need to have a pro process where you're doing a post-order engagement. And then again, it comes to that ecosystem model where you're trying to engage with the customer. I'll give you an example. We have a partnership with a company called uh, Undocked, and uh, they they actually uh, put a, a barcode or references on the physical product. When the physical product reaches the customer, they can scan, and all the interaction can happen, engagement can happen, right? So one look at an ecosystem model, which is can connect to all the different systems in a much better way. Focus on the data. The data uh, accuracy, because other biggest problem in this ecosystem, I will call the AAA. You need to call the AAA for supply chain, which right. is primarily accessibility to the data, availability of the data, and accuracy of the data. Right. Mm. So you need to focus on a system or a technology which solves these three problems effectively and connect accordingly. And technology is there, right? It, whether you have a PDF document, you can use an OCR to scan and consume the data. So there are a lot of technology available. All we need to do is how to connect these things to make that end-to-end -end productivity much better. Phones are penetrating the market like anything. Your smartphone solves most of your problem. Focus on ecosystem model. Focus on the data. Break the data silos, right? And then connect through that aspect. And then focus on the people, right? Ultimately, the people process platform. That is what is going to drive. And with more automation, more advancement, with more AI, and all coming in, which is artificial intelligence, end of the day, actual intelligence will take over. And that is more important to the people, right? The people is where it's contributing everything and establish good processes and the platform will support it. Well said, Padu. And I, a couple of things there. Um, uh, the AAA, as a AAA customer, I love your your notion there. Of we need to we need to have a AAA you can call to help with global supply chain. Love that. Um, Greg, uh, as we, you know, you have, of course, as we've talked about time and time again, have implemented thousands of uh, technologies and been through those processes. What what was your take on what Padu shared or, or how would maybe you advise folks to ensure that um, uh, that they, they're picking the right technology and one that adds to the business? So there's a couple of litmus tests that I've found. And one is particularly in supply chain is make sure that the leaders, founders, operators, implementers know supply chain. I mean, they don't have to know it inside out, but they have to know the core principles. There are so many, you know, we hear this all the time. And of course I get pitched all the time for <laughs> investments. So many people who come to supply chain as a disruptor and they don't know a thing about supply chain and they grossly oversimplify the complexity of the business problem that we're solving, which is literally touching every single aspect of every single product, all the way from the consumer back to the raw materials that produce it or vice versa, whichever direction your entity happens to go. Yeah. And there is so much complexity in that. So that knowledge of, of supply chain cannot be underestimated. And secondly, and this is rare, and we talked about this earlier in the show, find someone who's got that experience in supply chain, but recognizes that things need to change, not somebody 
who says, hey, visibility is enough because we've been waiting 30 years for it. So it's finally here. So that's enough. Right. Somebody who recognizes that visibility is just a waypoint to the actions that are required mm. to impact your business. And that, you know, the fact that we waited 30 years for it, if somebody foolishly did that, um, waited 30 years for some kind of visibility doesn't mean you should wait another 30 years until you action that. Right. That, well, as I said, those people and I, I, you know, like Padu, who who recognize that the the inflection point that we've reached with technology and supply chain is not um, the disruption or even the awareness in supply chain. It is the confluence of more and more robust data and more and more capable and agile technology that can capitalize on that data and provide humans and companies with greater and greater solutions than they ever could have conceived in the mm. past, mm. right? So someone who has their eyes out front, not yes. you know, begging for thanks for providing visibility, but saying, yep, yeah, okay, we provided visibility and here's what we're going to allow you to do with that. And, and we're and continuing to look forward. That's the critical thing. You got to deliver and, today, of course, but you have to always be looking forward. I'm That's with a fair combination of gifts. As Benita says, mic drop, Greg. Uh, between you and Padu, uh, and, and I love your pilot analogy, and, and I'm going to paraphrase what you said there. Make visibility be a waypoint, not a destination. That is uh, that is that is supply chain gold. And then the other thing, Padu, that you spoke to as you were sharing um, some of the AAAs and whatnot, uh, adoption. All right, so even after you after you select the right technology and mm -hmm. you know that that aftercare to ensure that the users see the value and how it makes life easier and allows them to be successful, that's going to help drive adoption. Without adoption, as Greg we talked about, what do you have? Right. Um, all right, so Padu, Greg, you, I thought you were about to answer that question. I, well, I was thinking a really pretty <laughs> screensaver is what you have. You're, uh, but you're absolutely right, and mm. but. You know, and it, it probably bears saying, and I'm glad you said it. And by the way, you said whatever it was I said much better yes. than I did. So thank you for that also. Waypoint and destination. Yeah. Um, the, um, I consider great technology to include the ability to both engage and simplify the user's mm. role in conducting the process, right? It should, technology should never be a hurdle or a hindrance. Right. It should it should always be a helping hand to expedite the the experience of the user and to expedite their job, because in the end, I mean, I've learned this. Uh, fortunately, from on the front foot the last time, but but I've learned this the hard way in the past, and that is, you know, people, they don't give a tinker's damn about <laughs> technology. They just want to get their job done mm. and they and they just want to do it in the most effective, satisfying, and easy way possible. And there's no shame in it being easy right. because with technology, it can be easy or or much, much less complex in any case. If I can add to that, say that. If I can add to what Greg said, Please, is, yeah. this technology, it also has to be customer-centric, right? End of the day, how you focus on the customer and how you solve the customer, simplifying for the customer and having all the complexity behind it, right? And then that is also the key aspect of what you're looking from a technology adoption perspective, providing the best experience and engagement of the mm -hmm. customer. And that's a good point, Padu. When we, I think we said this yesterday, or we've said it recently anyway, um, for technology to be simple and easy and give a good experience to, to be so easy, it takes a, operating a lot of complexity behind the scenes to produce a screen that where you can only make one decision or one button click or whatever to make to make the problem go away that requires an incredible amount of complexity but that's what technology is for isn't it mm. i'm with you and i liked that rhetorical question that you finished with there greg um all right so Padu, great conversation. And by the way, thanks for all the uh, the comments here. Uh, memory, appreciate it. Great to see you, by the way. One of our longtime faves. Great conversation. Practical conversations, which is my favorite. Enjoy this one. Hey, good night to you as well. She can memory. listen to the rest of it on her run in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Good night, Memory. <laughs> um, all right. So, Padu, uh, really have enjoyed your perspective and expertise uh, here today. And congrats on the, uh, on the journey that OSA Commerce is on. But for perfect clarity, 
for our global audience here. We love making sure they understand what our guests do in a nutshell. So tell us, what does OSA Commerce do directly in a nutshell? We are a technology provider, right? We provide a collaborative visibility platform, which primarily enables to connect across the supply chain, connecting all the dots, which is basically connect, communicate, collaborate, and co-thrive. I mean, it's a coexist <laughs> of the systems. Look at him. And, Look at him adapt his marketing. And, and drive a better, uh, smarter decisions as well, right? And we call the, the OSA mode, which is basically the, the platform that pays for itself, right? The broader aspect is, one, it removes the data silos, right? It connects to all the ecosystems, removing the data silos, provides an insights driven through an AI you know, engine, which is both artificial as well as actual, because that's where the human interaction also comes in. The entire platform is primarily based on a cybersecurity framework. Most of our developers comes from, uh, and or in fact, our CTO and everybody comes from the uh, 8200 unit of IDF, where the primary focus is cybersecurity and data privacy, mm. which is very important in this supply chain connected ecosystems, right? Mm. Focus on that. And the time to utility and utility to scalability and scalability to profitability in more in weeks and months compared to traditional months and years and sometimes in decades, right? And that is where we offer a, a te complete technology solution, which enables us to connect across ecosystems, establish a good communication across the partners, enables collaboration and co-thrive and coexist in the future of supply chain and platform built for the next decades to come. I love that. And of course, in our pre-show uh, discussions, going back for quite some time, uh, Padu, we saw you up in Chicago at a, a Reuters event. That was really cool. Uh, but some of those outcomes that I understand OSA Commerce uh, are, dri are driving increasing revenue, reducing logistics costs, uh, and increasing optimizing customer experience. So y'all check that out. Uh, and in particular, We've got uh, a neat resource from Padu and the OSA Commerce team. You know, they work in extensively out in global supply chain. Check out this link, and our, our team will drop it there in the chat, where you can learn more about how they're working, as they say, uh, Greg called this out earlier, to be one, uh, working with their customers so they can be one step ahead of their competition. Really important. So y'all check out that link, and you're one click away from doing that. Greg, uh, when it comes to... This, this last couple of segments from Padu and what he and the OSA commerce team is doing. Um, what's one thing you think is, is a, one of the coolest aspects of that, I'll call it? Yeah, yeah, I think the coolest aspect of it is he's done it before, right? He has founded technology companies before. He's worked in big technology companies before. He has the experience of what their capabilities and their and their inabilities were at the same time. And this experience of not only having a lot of supply chain experience and knowledge, but also having started a technology company and run and built and sold and doing it again, you are so much better the second time than the first and the third than the second and all of that. So that, you know, I'm really excited one, Padu, for you about you. that. And I'm excited for what could come from this because the insights that you gain, not only as a uh, solution provider, but also as a business manager, um, make you execute at a much, much higher level in your second or third, um, you know, uh, company. And um, it's, you know, it's an exciting time and it, it, it is a necessary solution, right? Somebody mm -hmm. asked an example of, of an actionable visibility or actionable insight from visibility, right? One is just knowing that your Let's just say, I'll just pick one. Vendor X doesn't have the capability to fulfill your next order, which you've notified them about months and months in advance, well outside of the lead time. Right. So you have time now to, to respond preemptively and move to another vendor or help them resolve their problem or whatever. But nonetheless, you, can, you knowing that there's going to be a problem down the road can resolve it now without disruption. Exceptions management, the key to the, is very key apart from all the aspects. Another thing is there are a lot of optimizations done on the outbound side, but very little on the inbound, right? So yeah, that yes. is where connecting yes. everything in the supply chain, upstream, downstream. Yeah. Well said. And that was uh, Ratnesh. Great to have you here uh, with us today via LinkedIn. That was who had asked that question. So I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for being here. And Greg, thanks for catching that. Eagle Eye, Greg White. 
Padu. Greg White does not miss anything, as I've said time and time again. Uh, Padu, congrats. This is uh, and, and thanks, by the way, for all the folks uh, weighing in. Uh, it was a great conversation. I agree. I, 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 it's exciting and very practical uh, and innovative with what Padu and his team are doing. And Padu, great, always great to reconnect with a, a dear old friend. Um, that's been with us for quite some time. So, Padu, how can folks, let's make sure folks know how to connect with you and your OSA Commerce team on the move. How can folks connect with you? Uh, they can connect me on the LinkedIn, Padu Raman, or email me at padu at osacommerce.com. Okay. Greg, you see that? He is not scurred to put his email, <laughs> email out there. He knows it. it like that. This is how you reach me, right? <laughs> Well, we will we will have you back very soon. Really enjoy the conversation. Congrats again on, on on the successes and the recognition and the difference you're making for your customers out in the industry in a very very uh, complex time. So, Padu Raman, co-founder and chief product officer at OSA Commerce. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks. Padu. Thank you. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, hey, the, the swoosh waits on nobody. Yep, thought, he had to run. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Padu, great to connect. Um, I was going to ask him, Greg, uh, to give us a bold prediction. So he, he had mentioned, a, and maybe he'll put it in the chat, he's got the uh, that Publix marathon coming up, I think, in February, he said. I'd love for him to project where he's going to finish, what place so, number he's going to oh, finish. Oh, well, that's – I mean, there will be thousands of people there, I'm sure. That'd be hard. I, <laughs> I think, you know, when it's his first marathon, right? Ah. So I think – you have to kind of scale your goals. Yeah. First finish. I'm not even sure, although, you know what? We might let you know because we will definitely ask him this off air in the green room. Um, if he's even got a time goal, right? I mean, when you're running a distance that you've never competed at before. Okay. Just finishing a 26.2 miles is, is a win. Is a win. Yeah. But I wonder if he also, he seems like the kind of person, doesn't he? Scott, who also has a time goal, don't you think? Undoubtedly. And yeah. that's where he's the type of person I think he can give us a range of where he's going to finish is my thought. But we'll see. Uh, Greg, I want to ask you a different question. And by the way, Benita says you drop, you and Padu between you dropped the mic three times over the last hour. Man. Uh, but Greg, uh, we knew we knew Padu was going to bring it here today. Yeah, of you know, course. We, we've rubbed elbows and, and have, have featured him before. So he delivered as we knew, but what is out of all that he shared, what's one thing that is your favorite part that folks really got to uh, write down and leave this conversation with? Uh, golly. I mean, aside from everything he shared, which I think we touched on very effectively. Yep. The power of a repeat entrepreneur cannot mm. be denied. Mm. It absolutely cannot be denied. You're like I said earlier, you're so much better your second time. Um, I, so I invest in a fund that only invest in previous founders Really, and, and those companies are so much more powerful than any of the other funds that I'm invested in. And, uh, it's, you know, and it's natural. I mean, I I've experienced it. You're experiencing it. Oh yeah. Right? How much better you are when you do that. I'm, I don't mean to, to, um, you know, just kind of beat that drum forever. But right. it, that's what is exciting about this to me because he will come out with something special and he will do it. He and his team will do it better than they've ever done it before. And they did pretty good last time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, right. So I think um, there, you know, that is what's really exciting. We need more repeat supply chain entrepreneurs. Yes here because Agreed. that will accelerate the growth of technology, the growth of solutions, the pace at which we advance our practice is by having these repeat founders come into the industry, even if they weren't a supply chain founder before, even if they're just better and now focusing on supply chain. Um, I think that will accelerate the solution nearing that we get for a lot of the challenges we have in this practice. I'm with you. So folks take that and the last hour, and if you're not going to do business with Padu, 
there's always a great conversation regardless if you're working with them or not. At least make sure OSA Commerce is on your radar because they are going to be moving. Already yeah, are. seriously, at least watch them. It's going to be fun to watch. That's right. Um, all right, folks, we covered a lot of ground here. Thanks for all the great feedback and comments and even some of the questions. We'll try to drive some post uh, live stream uh, conversations. But hey, the four ways, connect, communicate, collaborate, coexist, co-thrive. There you go, Padu. And remember all the context that Padu and Greg and many of you added to those four ways. Really important. We can't get enough context in today's world. But the important mm-hmm. thing to do, Greg, as we all know, is you got to take that. You got to take these actual insights over the last hour, put it in a headlock. Deeds, not words. Make something happen. Mm-hmm. Take action, right? So on that note... Greg, on behalf of you and the rest of our team, Scott Luton, challenging all of you out there to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.